This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. This is the show on the Blaze where an Irishman comes to you each week and talks to you about your history, your principles, and American exceptionalism. We have a jam-packed show for you today, and I want to take you on a journey, um, if I may be so bold, and have a very frank and open conversation with you. Um, I'm noticing a lot of things in America changing, and... It's not the America that I love. And I want to talk to you about it today. I see America becoming more and more like Europe. I I see you becoming more and more like every other nation. And your people seem to be accepting it. And I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk to you about some stories that are somewhat connected to politics today, but I don't want to make them political. I want to just talk to you, focusing on your people and how your people respond and what your people accept. If you're a long-time listener to this show, thank you very much. But you might notice a common trend the way I sign off each show. That One of the last things I say after I salute what I call are the real heroes in society, I salute you, the American people. The America I know and the America I love is based around an idea. An idea, a common set of principles, values, goals. And it's based around your people and the individual. I've often said this, American history, if you want a fancy catchphrase or a moniker for how you would define America real quick, for me it simply put is making the impossible possible. Because that is pretty much what you've done from day one. But I'm looking at some of your people change. Or maybe this is who they already are, but their barrier or their their conscience or whatever's in their body that held them back saying that before, revealing their true selves, is gone. There's an old African proverb which I want to base today's show around. And the the African proverb is, if there is no enemy within, the enemy outside cannot hurt us. 
I want to focus with on the enemy within us. Can you look around today at American society and say you are reaching your highest good? That you have become everything your founders and great historical figures or great Americans fought and died for? Can you look around at American culture today and don't make this about politics. Don't say, well, these politicians are are doing these bills, so no. Just focus in on your people. If it helps you, focus in on, on whatever you feel the people who fought under General Wayne were like in the revolution. Where General Rain, Wayne wrote to George Washington and said, these men fought like they were determined to be free. Do you think the American people today are like that? Do you think they're reaching their highest good? You know, if you take a a few minutes out or a few hours out and you want to sort of have a conversation or what I did for this show, and I, I do quite a bit, is I watch debates online unfold on social media. And I don't, sometimes, a lot of times I don't participate in them because I'm always conscious. I don't want to talk politics. I find them innately boring. But look at social media today. You know, we have so much technology today, right now. We have so much more technology to make our lives easier. Heck, you're listening to an Irishman 6,000 miles away who has access to more information than a lot of people had 10 years ago. You know, if we, if we lived in a world, if I lived in Ireland of 2000, I wouldn't be where I am today. Because I wouldn't have access to do a podcast. I wouldn't have had access to people like Glenn Beck, Mark Levin. I wouldn't have had access to um, Amazon and Kindle to learn and see different books. That's technology. I wouldn't have access to get books on my iPad so I can read them at night. I wouldn't have had access to so much internet where I can learn so much about your history. That is all true technology. That is the greatness of technology, but there is also a flip side. It would be great if we could all use technology to to have a discussion and to put forth ideas and plans and principles and to share stories. But what do you see social media being used for today? I see so much hate on social media. I see people being tore down. I see insults. I see people threatening each other. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. I see people, and these are not politicians. This is not to blame on a politician or a political party or a candidate. This is the enemy within. I see a society today which absolutely treats mental health like a, a punchline. The amount of people who have messaged, and I don't want to make this about me, but the amount of people who have messaged me over the last year, or maybe it's nine months, saying, I work for a nut job, a loon. He should be in a straitjacket in a mental institution because he dared endorsed Ted Cruz. That You don't make fun or light of mental health. If you are listening and you know, 
or have had experience with people with mental health issues, it's not fun. It is not something you make a punchline of an insult. It is a serious, serious, serious issue. And today we just make light of it. We take happiness in other people's pain and suffering. We hope for failure. We have become so divisive as a world. Not based on anything real, but on based on BS. We have become divided by age, by race, by class, by location, by education, by how we look. Oh, well, you're a big fat guy, so you can only have things in common with big fat people. What? Well, you're white, so you can't have anything in common with a black person. What? What? You live in the south. You live, you're a, you're a, 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 you're a person from the south, and you're a yip, yuppie from the city. You can't possibly have anything in common. Well, I went to community college in my state, and I went to Harvard, so I'm so much better than you. You two can't have anything in common. Oh, well, you voted for Ted Cruz, and you voted for Marco Rubio, and you voted for Donald Trump in the primary. You three possibly can't have common ground. How many people today actually use discouragement as a motivational tool? How many people today, when they say, hey, you can't have anything in common, you actually use and say, yes, we can. How many people, when they say, you're going to fail, do you turn around and use that as a motivation and say, oh, no, I'm not, I'm going to succeed. And thank you for giving me the motivation that I needed to make sure I succeed. Or how many people today believe the hate that comes across them how many people when they're told you won't make it you won't succeed you'll amount to nothing you need me believe it and if someone does tell you that who is to really blame is it for they, are they to blame for them saying it to you or are you to blame for believing it We are living in horrific times. And times are about to get a lot worse. You saw a sneak peek preview of it last weekend in your country. Terrorism and tyranny is growing. And it's becoming more and more emboldened each and every passing day. When you deal with tyranny and terrorism... It's easy to focus on the military. Well, this is what we need to do. And you'll hear politicians and you'll hear presidential candidates. And you might even hear some generals and law enforcement people say, this is what we need to do. This is the best plan forward. And there'll be, some will be good, some will be bad, some will be dangerous. But what do you need to do as an individual? What do you need to do to get ready? 
I would ask you if you have some time over the weekend or during the week, whenever you listen to this, to look at yourself in the mirror and be very honest with yourself. And ask yourself, am I who I want to be? Am I the type of, am I the person I aspire to be? Am I a role model for others in society? For my kids, for my partner, for my family, for my friends, for my community? Am I a good person? Do I spread hate or do I spread love? Do I bring misery or do I bring joy? Am I the darkness in the room or am I the light? We need to help each other. We're going to be going through some horrific times over the next, I don't know how long. It's easy to say the next few months. I think realistically it might be the next few years. And maybe even longer. Depending on how we deal with it. But America can overcome anything. U.S. history is incredible. If you take a snapshot of 230 plus years of U.S. history, I don't know how you can read it and not be inspired. Especially when you put it up against the rest of the world. Is it perfect? No. Is it inspiring? Yes. And the common theme through each and every part of your history is not a politician. Or it is not a president. Look at the different presidents from your revolution after you started to the Civil War to the 1900s. You're talking all the way from Washington to Lincoln to Coolidge to Reagan. They didn't make your country great. It was the people underneath them who did and fought and scrapped and made the impossible possible that made America great and made you unique and exceptional. This idea that we always have to be about politics, I find so troubling. There's so much more to talk about. When we talk about some of the great inventions, look at the technology that we have. Who created the internet? Of course, progressives and people like Al Gore, well, well we created the internet and I created the internet and we did all of this. No, it was a per individual who had this idea. It might have been, he might have been hired by the government to start it. But it was an individual who came up with an idea for a better tomorrow. What is the internet today? That isn't government. That is each and every one of you contributing, either positively or negatively. Could you imagine if you just even had one day of goodness on the internet? Where we didn't insult each other, didn't demean each other, didn't threaten each other. Imagine we had one day, just one day, where we tried to lift people up and didn't tear people down. Imagine one day where we just tried to spread some happiness. 
or just try to be a better people and help some people out. That doesn't come from politicians or a party. That comes from each and every one of you. Imagine if we helped when we saw people who have been demeaned and saying, ha ha, you'll never make it. Do you know how many people who've told me I couldn't make anything of myself? I've lost count. I've had friends do it. I've had family do it. I've had strangers do it. I've had listeners do it when, I disagree, when they disagree with me this year. I don't know whether I'll succeed or fail or not. You know, there are crazy ideas to think this Irishman could help America. It is crazy. But that doesn't stop me. I don't worry about success or failure for me personally. I worry about the success and failure of freedom. And the success and failure of tyranny. Because I live in tyranny. And I hate it. I hate tyranny so, so much. I hate it so much that the thought of anyone else living under it makes me sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. And when I see people that I love, that I have so much in common with, the American people, falling for it, I just want to scream. I feel like screaming so much over the last couple of months. Screaming, don't do it, don't believe it, don't, don't, please don't. It won't work. It won't work. You are what makes America great, each and every one of you. Each and every one of you in your, in your families, in your communities, in your churches, in your organizations. You have the power. But sadly, it doesn't seem to want to be believed anymore. I've got a couple of stories that happened this week and I want to share them with you. And I just want to break down on how people are responding to certain things. I'm going to take a quick break, America. Don't go anywhere. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.
Football with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I want to hit on a couple of stories with you this segment. And then we've got a I got a, another life in the utopia question I want to deal with towards the end of the show that fits in with this as well. And it was, I, can't, I can't tell you how happy I was when I got this question because I've been planning this show for a couple of weeks and then this question just came in. I was like, this has to go with this show, so I can't wait to share it with you. And it revolves the American dream. You know, we all deal with insults. I'm no more unique than anyone else. But you know the insult that gets me the most? And it's not... Because oh, I've learned something ever since I've started doing videos on, on Facebook. Um, apparently I'm fat. I, 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 you'll, you'll be, you can't imagine the wonder I found that I got through 30 plus years of my life not knowing this. And then all of a sudden I do a few videos and I found it out. I, I was shocked. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm shocked even more because apparently I'm so fat that I, it stops my brain working. You know, it, it's incredible to hate on social media. That doesn't bother me. I've been told I'm in fat since I was like four. The, the insult that always gets me the most, and it's meant as an insult, but it never bothers me, but it just upsets me that Americans say this to an Irishman. And I'm sure you've got this insult quite a lot. And it varies in the, the term that they use you. Oh, John, you're just a purist. You're an ideologue. You're an extremist. Ironically, I got told I'm a sellout as well, so I don't know how they work. It's, it's great. Insults don't seem to have any logic anymore. It's like you can be an ideologue and a purist and an extremist and closed-minded, but you can also be a sellout. And it upsets me because... I feel like asking you, do you understand anything about American history? Or am I just all on my own reading American history that says... Let me just give you some of the stories. And I'll give you a snapshot. This idea that ideologues don't win is so troubling to me. What do you think the revolution was about? Do you think the revolution was about, oh, I don't know, tea? Do you think it was about taxes? Do you think it was about, hey, you know what would be fun? Let's just go fight the British for no apparent reason. Or do you think it was something deeper? Fighting to be free. Do you think your founding fathers were ideologues and purists and extremists? How about the Civil War? How about going to the moon? Do you know how many people would have said, if you had said in the 40s and the 50s, which a lot of people did, you know, we're going to go to the moon. Do you know what the common reaction was? Yeah, right. Of course you are. You're going to the moon. Yet, this reaction was made by the exact same people probably who, if you told them about 50 years earlier, there's going to be these machines and they're called aeroplanes and you're going to be able to fly from America to Europe, they would have went, yeah, right. That is the history. How about Henry Ford? Can you imagine the hate Henry Ford got when he failed? And then he failed again. And he failed again. And then he came out and said, you know what, I've got this, I've got it down, guys. 
guys and girls, I've got it down. I, I, I have this thing called the production line. I think it's really going to work. Do you imagine how he was responded to? How about the Wright brothers when they were doing manpower flight? Do you think everyone saw or thought, hey, this is going to be a great idea? You know, these two boys with no education out in the field who had their own shop during the day, that all of a sudden he was going to, these brothers were going to make man-powered flight possible? Or do you think everyone at the time went to Samuel Pierpoint Langley and said, he's going to do it because he has all the time, he has all the money, he has all the best resources, and he has all the media attention? Yet, it was the Wright brothers and not Samuel Pierpoint Langley who had the per- first man-powered flight. How about, let's, you know, because that's all long and long ago, John, no one cares about that. Okay, how about we go to, I don't know, the Cold War and 30 years ago. When people within America who were using phrases like, better red than dead, or I'd rather live on my knees than die on my feet. And where everyone was talking from the left to the right, going, well, what we need to do to solve the Cold War and to have a peace with Russia is, you know, accept this form of democratic socialism. And it will be all be okay. We all need detente. That is what we need. We need that. That will sort it out. Or was Reagan an ideologue because he said, no, I won't accept a form of democratic socialism. I sure as hell won't accept a ton. I'm going to, I don't know, fight for freedom. Was he an ideologue, a purist, an extremist? Was he close-minded? The history of America is making the impossible possible. These are six stories just to show six points. I could have chosen a hundred more. The future of America belongs to those who truly believe in freedom. And who look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm for freedom no matter what. I want to share a couple of stories with you. On how people react now, I'm no expert on, on this first subject, because you might have got this if you've listened to me for a while. I'm not exactly hip and cool. I tend to be very boring. Um, but apparently this week there was very sad news that um, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are breaking up and getting divorced. And... How I get some of my news, I go to different websites, but I also use um, what's trending on Twitter. And when I went onto Twitter, one of the days this week, I can't remember what day it was, and Jennifer Anderson was trending. Now, why was Jennifer Anderson trending on Twitter? Did she do something? No. Did she say something? Nope. Was she selling something? A new perfume? A new movie? A book? Nope. 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 No, Jennifer Anderson was trending because when people heard the news of Angelina Jolie filing for divorce from Brad Pitt, everyone thought it would be really cool on social media to go, let's get a load of GIFs, you know, those little videos of reactions of Jennifer and a lot of them were from her uh, appearances on Friends many, many, many moons ago. 
of her smiling, of her celebrating, waving her arms, doing a little dance. Basically to the news that two people were getting divorces. Now, I don't, have no, I don't have any knowledge of much of Jennifer Anderson. Bar, she was in Friends, and I watched it when I was a teenager, I'm guessing. Um, I know Brad Pitt from a few movies. I know Angelina Jolie because she's John Voight's daughter, and she was in Tomb Raider, and I can't remember. I'm not a cool guy. I apologize. If you want movie news, go to somewhere else. Um, but you get the point. I don't know much about them. I've never met them. The only one I've ever heard about from a political somewhat point of view is Angelina Jolie speaking in front of the United Nations and she gave a speech a couple of weeks ago about the Syrian crisis. But I don't have any opinion, positive or negative, of any of them. But I do find it troubling that regardless of how the two people got together, that we would celebrate a divorce. I find it sad. I find it sad when two people get divorced. I think that's sad. That's for me. That's it's it's one of those points in time where, you know, you've obviously come together in life for some reason. You know, love of of common principles, common values, common ideals. You know, you've come together the vast, vast majority of the time. And said, you know, I, I want to, and you even say, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Um, even if you don't mean it. That you get to a point where both of you are kind of going, yeah, we don't have that anymore. Whatever that connection was, is gone. And when you're a famous person like these two are, it's even harder because you're going to do, do everything in this public eye and media are going to spin it and make things up about both people and both people are going to come out with this horribly the fact that we would celebrate a marriage dissolving is I don't, I don't get it what makes it even worse for me is the fact that these have kids they are parents how would you like it If your parents broke up, and how would you respond to those that were cheering on social media going, ha ha, they broke up, ha 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 How would you like it if they're going, ha ha, isn't that karma, that's cool, isn't it? I don't understand the need for being happy of someone else's pain. Especially when you don't know them. Like, we know a fraction of who these people are. You know what the media tells you about them. You know what their characters are like on on their movies they choose and stuff. But you don't know the real person. I I really do pray for both of them. And I hope, because it's so common in in the society today, where, especially with the media and the tabloids, where he's going to be, I don't know, he'll be put through the mud because he's a man she'll be put through the mud because of who she is because I'm imagining they can't be too in love with her because of who her father is and who her father is supporting for president and I just keep thinking about the kids what they're going to read about their parents whether it's true or not and I hope that the two of them can put if they do divorce and it goes ahead that they put their feelings for each other aside 
as someone who has worked and volunteered a lot in in poverty situations where there's only you know single parent family the amount of times the kids get used as weapons is so sad for me i pray for the kids that they have somewhat of a normal life and that they're not used as guinea pigs as your father didn't do this or your mother didn't do this or and i also pray for the people online who take joy out of this that they realize something inside them is missing or is sick or not well and they fill whatever hole they have inside them because i've said this for so long and the more and more i see it and this is the reason i've doing i'm doing today's show is we have many problems as a world but i think one of the biggest problems that we never ever address is the problems within our own hearts we have a heart issue and if we don't address the heart issue it gets critical really quickly and we all die i want to address one last quick subject with you and again it's how your people have responded and it's an old story it's a couple of weeks old or maybe maybe a bit longer i'm not up to date on the presidential election so i only get to see different things but apparently a couple of weeks ago hillary clinton made a comment and i'm going to quote it you know just to be grossly generalistic you could put half of trump's supporters into what i call the basket of deplorables right the racist the sexist the homophobic the xenophobic the islamic phobic you name it and unfortunately there are people like that and he has lifted them up and how have the right responded well apparently because we live in this crazy world in 2016 a lot of people think it's cool now to make deplorable a cool word I see people running around, well, I'm deplorable, and they've used it as their their Twitter name. But I saw something the other day, and I'm seeing it online, these memes, and now there's a t-shirt, deplorable since 1776, as if this is some badge of honor. You decide what you want to be. She called you racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, and Islamophobic. Do you want to put them up in your profile as well, that you're proud to be them? But so many people, I'm, I'm deplorable. Why would you give the, that, the moderates, the people who don't pay attention to politics on an everyday basis, who just are looking at the news now to see who to vote for, why would you give them that ammunition that says, yeah, hey, I'm deplorable, isn't it great? It's cool, it's catchy, it's a catchphrase. Why would you even want to be called deplorable? Even by a tyrant like Hillary Clinton. What is it that is inside you that says, that is cool? I am not deplorable. And I know many people who are using this now are not deplorable people. They are good, honest, decent people. Yet they seem to have this thing inside them missing that says, I'm deplorable and this is cool and catchy, look at me. That upsets me. 
But where I get really annoyed is where I see people projecting onto the founding fathers. Deplorable since 1776. I've seen memes with pictures of George Washington crossing the Delaware going, deplorable and proud. What? You can put whatever moniker you want on yourself. You can self-ascribe to that deplorable meme, thinking it means something cool, if you wish. But do not put deplorable on your founding fathers. They are anything but. And I do not find it cool, hip, sexy, catchy, honorable, or anything else, words you want to describe, to think that's what your founding fathers were. Your founding fathers were men of honor, men of principle. It is not cool to dismiss the founding fathers. And this is coming from the right, by the way, not the left. That just because it fits an election-style meme, we're going to do it, because we're, we're the side of the founding fathers. Your founding fathers were men of honor and integrity. They signed the Declaration of Independence. That wasn't, maybe, you can say, well, well, you know, John, that, the king, when they signed it, it was deplorable to him because it was treason. Okay, that's a, uh, you want to make a play on words, fine. But to, to say your founding fathers were deplorable, they were men of honor. They fought for freedom. They fought for liberty. Not for them, but for everyone. That is not deplorable. That is righteous behavior. I know I'm becoming very much a minority, and I'm not even in America, who actually believes America has divine providence. <gasps> did he just say that America has divine providence? Yeah, I did. I believe in it. This, but this insulting and constant need to just belong, we need to address. Because your founding fathers were anything but deplorable. I have grown up in my adult life having the left destroy people I admire. I have grown up my adult life hearing of how the founding fathers were just men of wooden teeth. Who, they, well they, you know, they had slaves, you know. I have had the left destroy people like George Washington. Who, and I've done quite a bit of research, no, I'm no historian, but I have yet to find something about George Washington I don't like. He is the one of the greatest men to live, with the exception of Jesus Christ, in my opinion, he is the best man that ever lived. And he is a role model for me. I don't understand how more Americans don't appreciate him. I have had, for 16 years, the left destroy the founding fathers. And destroy the Constitution. And now because it suits and it's, it's going to sell t-shirts and going to make a bit of money. We are now going to say, well, the founders were deplorable. If that's what it takes to be on the right today, well then guess what? I'm not on the right either. I don't know where I belong because I sure as hell ain't left. And if this is the right, I ain't on the right either. You have a heart problem, America. If I go back to how I started this show, the African proverb, if there is no enemy within, the enemy outside cannot hurt you. I beg you to look inside yourself and ask yourself one question. Am I happy with who I am? Am I happy with what I'm putting out there?
because I would love to live in a world and be around America that actually honours the founding fathers who knows that they weren't deplorable or who would never use that word towards your founding fathers but who would look at them with honour with reverence with dignity and get inspiration from them I gotta take a quick break America I'll be right back you're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I want to use this segment as our Life in Utopia segment, and then I've got something special planned for you in the last segment of the show. For those that of you that are new to the show, this is a segment that I started that debuted last week. Um, it's basically where people send me in questions. Last week was a very personal question, why don't I work for the Blaze? It's available anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes or Google Play Music. You can go back and listen to it. And it's where you can ask me a question about life in utopia. What is life like under socialism? What is life like living under tyranny? And I'm going to do my best to address it, address it in a principled way, but also in a, a life experience kind of way. And I've said from the very start, you can ask me anything. Um, you can ask me about healthcare. You can ask me about government. You can ask me about politicians. You can ask me about business, whatever you're interested in or whatever you kind of heard from Bernie Sanders or in the election that said, that doesn't actually sound too bad because as you remember, he defended Norwegian style socialism. And I'm going to give you the principal answer, but also what it's actually like in, in reality, not in theory. The first few couple of questions have been, including this week, have been very personal, which I'm open for. If you've got questions for me, I'll do my best to, to answer them, um, either in a private way or if it's something that I think fits the show, I'll answer it publicly, which I'm about to do. This week's question I got over the weekend, I think, or maybe last week, and it's perfect for this show, I think. What is your American dream and what is your definition of it? And what do you hope for? And it's perfect because if you listened a couple of weeks ago, you would have heard me start to put a theory to you of why progressives do so well. And one of the, the parts of the brain, the limbic part of the brain, which deals with emotions, um, it also deals with your arousals. What motivates you in society? What is the American dream to so many people today? I've seen the definition change over time. It seems many today think the American dream equates to money, to power, to fame, to winning. 
to material objects. Oh, look, I have 10 cars and they're brilliant. And we live in this mansion of 10 bedrooms and we, we summer here and this is where we go on vacation and we fly in first class all the time and we live this high life and you have gold Rolex watches. You know, you, you get the picture. If that's your American dream, have at it. I am not here to demean anyone's dream. If if you want to be filthy rich and have more money than, you know, a lot, the vast majority of people in this world, go for it. It's not my dream. My dream, my American dream, is simply to become an American, to get over there, to be a productive member of society, And to help your nation reclaim its history, reclaim its principles, and reclaim its greatness. I'm going to be very honest with you, and I'm going to admit something I haven't admitted to a lot of people. You know, we all have ambitions in life. Depending on who you are, they can be very small. It could be something, quote-unquote, simple, like get married and have two kids. Or, you know, some people's dreams, I've seen it firsthand in poverty in Ireland, you know, be the first to have your daughter or son go to college. Give your offspring opportunities you never had. Own a business, own a car. My ambitions... I do have personal ambitions because it's what I love to do. I would love to, as I discussed last week, to work for the Blaze because they have a lot of shared ethos, principles, values. I would love to be involved with a company that does like restoring honor, restoring unity, going to Israel and restoring um, in Birmingham, Alabama. I would love to be a part of that. I would love to be part of a company that is actively trying to relocate Christians from the Middle East. We have a lot of shared values and principles. We also have a lot of shared love of your history. So I would love to work for the Blaze. And I, because I love talking, because I think I'm somewhat, depending on your opinion, I think I'm okay at it. Um, I love speaking. I love speaking about American history, about American principles, about people who I admire. I would love to be on radio five, six days a week, sharing those stories, sharing those principles, talking to you about what needs to be done, in my opinion. I would love to be on radio. It's my dream job. But as much as I have those ambitions to work for The Blaze or any other company and be on radio, it's not what leads me. And this is where I'm going to be honest with you, and some people are not going to like this answer. In many ways, I am led by my dreams, and I'm ruled by my fears. Now, anyone who wants to psychoanalyze me, go right ahead. I'm sure many people would say, well, being ruled by your fears is not a very healthy thing. Let me explain. I am led by my dreams. My dreams are not for me. My ambitions are personal ambitions, be in radio, be work for the blaze. My dreams are to be a free man and to help empower people to be free as well. To bring as many people with me on that journey as possible. The more and more I see and the more and more I research and the more and more I live, 
<clears throat> freedom is the only answer. But likewise, I'm also ruled by my fears. I'm ruled by my fears of tyranny. I'm ruled by my fears of failure. That no matter how much I want to help, no matter how much my intentions might be in the best place, I'm ruled by the fear that I won't be able to do anything. Or anything I do won't count, won't matter. I'm ruled by my fears because I see the world we live in in 2016 and tyranny is growing. And not only is tyranny growing, but it is becoming accepted as a new norm. I see the world in 2016 where people accept any type of tyranny once it's their party doing the tyranny and and enforcing the tyranny and controlling it. I am ruled by my fears that, like I saw, spoke about in the last segments, people using the word deplorable for your founding fathers. I am ruled by my fears that America's history will be lost. That the principles and the values your founding fathers fought for and stood for and achieved will count for nothing because 230 years later people decided well it's time America follows the rest of the industrialized world but I'm also led by my dreams I am led by my dreams and inspired by the knowledge that says firstly as a Christian where God is there is always hope no matter how bleak the situation is But I am also led by my dreams that are inspired by America's history. Because when you read America's history, you see that every generation or so, America has had to face a significant, significant challenge. Just look at the significant challenges you've overcome. The superpower of the day at your founding. The Constitutional Convention. The going against the British again in 1812, the expansion out west, the Civil War, the Industrial Revolution, going to the moon, the Great Depression, the Wall Street crash, the revolution that happened where all of a sudden for generations and and centuries, people went around in horses and carts and boats and within 50, 60 years, we started traveling by planes and cars. You went to the moon. You overcame the Cold War. When many people were saying, just, 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 just accept socialism. Just accept it. Just accept the compromise with Russia. You overcame the technology deficit that you have and created the internet. These are things that inspire me. All the way you've had great men leading you. And I don't mean leaders who had power and were great politicians. I mean leaders who changed your society. George Washington. Ben Franklin. Thomas Jefferson. James Madison. Henry Ford. The Wright brothers. 
These are the people who wanted to make America a better place. These are the men who said, there is no limit to what you can do in life. That is the American dream. You had people like Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. These are people who said, I know what society says, but I challenge it. I dream of a better tomorrow. I am led by those dreams that once again, we can be part of a generation. And although I'm not an American, I can be your cheerleader of a generation that says, enough, we can do this. We must do this. Because here's the truth. Anyone can have a dream. Anyone can have a dream. But it takes hard work. It takes passion. It takes not believing the naysayers. Not listening to them. Not saying, well, you think I'm going to fail, so maybe you might be right. It takes belief, it takes courage, it takes honour for people to turn that dream into a reality. We need to help people become dreamers. One of the many, I hear many troubling things each and every day, but one of the most troubling is, well, today, what if it's life today is as good as it gets? You have no hope for tomorrow then? We need to inspire hope for tomorrow. We need to be part of a generation that says, you can succeed. You can have a better tomorrow. Don't listen to the naysayers. There's always been naysayers. That will never change. There will always be people who will try and pull you down. You can succeed. And then help them, motivate them, encourage them, empower them, inspire them. To make that dream a reality. My American dream might be different to many of you listening. I would love to be there and help. But if it's my role to be on the sidelines 6,000 miles away being your cheerleader, I'm okay with that as well. Once freedom wins... We are at a tipping point. We are at a crucial axis, whatever way you want to describe it. We are at a point where tyranny is growing and it is becoming accepted. And the only thing that beats tyranny is not less tyranny, it's freedom. We need to be the voices for freedom. If that makes us purists and ideologues and extremists and closed-minded, well then I can't think of a better thing to be ideological and extremist and close-minded about than freedom. Because I am very close-minded about freedom. I think it's the only way to live, and it's the only thing worth fighting for in many cases. But I sure as hell won't be open-minded to tyranny. To, yeah, what you need is to succumb to the Leviathan and say, you need some help. And we're going to force others to help you. When it comes to that, I'll never be open-minded. I'll be very close-minded, and I have no problem admitting it. But we need to be a generation that wins freedom, promotes freedom, advances the course of freedom everywhere we go. It would be great to start on America, because America 
is key because you have been that beacon of light and hope of freedom for so long. And if we can re-engage that lightness, it will flare, it will shine all across the world. That is my American dream. What is yours? As always, if you have any questions that you want answered, please send them in to me. You can find me on social media. You can send them to me there. I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. On Facebook at Freedoms Disciple. On my website, www.freedomsdisciple.com. But I want to read one last thing out to you before I go. This is how I feel summed up in about 100 words. And some of you might have heard of this. It's what is called the American's Creed. I do not choose to be a common man. It is my right to be uncommon. I seek opportunity to develop whatever talents God gave me, not security. I do not wish to be a kept citizen, humbled and dulled by having the state look after me. I want to take the calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. I refuse to barter incentive for a dole. I prefer the challenges of life to be guaranteed existence, the thrill of fulfillment to the state calm of utopia. I will not trade freedom for beneficence, nor my dignity for a handout. I will never cower before any earthly master, nor bend to any threat. It is my heritage to stand erect, proud and unafraid, to think and act myself, enjoy the benefit of my creations, and to face the world boldly and say this, this, with God's help, I have done, and this is what it means to be an American. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stew. Then we can solve all these problems at once. No more pressure cooker bombings. Uh, no more obesity. No more global warming. We get all these things out of the way, and we you do just it. killed three birds with one stone. Yeah. Are you running for office? Wow! You know what? If you're not, you should. I be. would like to announce. <laughs> if right you're now, not, you should. Be. Uh, that I would like to be president of the United States because I can solve these problems for you. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope today's show has given you a lot to think about, but I wanted to make things real and um, how we're interacting with each other. And I've I brought on one of my dearest friends, and if you're a fan of the Blaze, you probably know her, Mary Ramirez. She came out a couple of weeks ago and wrote an article which I encourage you to check out, and I'll link to it on the podcast. And it's titled, Yes, I'm Voting for Donald Trump, and No, I'm Not Going to Hell. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring Mary on because I want to speak to her about her article, but I want to have three different conversations with her. And I want you to just see which you think um, means the most to you, which do you think we should be having, which is most useful in society, because these are conversations that are happening every day. And I think we need to understand how silly we can look at times. So with that said, Mary, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. 
Uh, it's absolutely great to have you on. So we're going to play this bit of a role play. So what we're going to do is the first call, you're going to ring me up with some exciting news. So I'll let you start. You're ringing me. Hello? Jonathan, it's Mary. I, I got something to tell you. Hey, how you doing, Mary? How are you? I, I'm doing good. Well, you know, Jonathan, I, I have just, you and I have had this conversation so many times about what we're going to to do what I'm going to do in November and I've you know I've really been battling with this and praying about it been fighting with my conscience about what to do I wrote an article a little while back a couple months back rather about you know both sides and sort of feeling torn and between the merits of both sides and what do I do and you know I I finally did come to a decision um I am going to vote for Donald Trump uh, I'm not excited about it um because I know the potential dangers that he could pose but I also know that Hillary Clinton I believe leave is is much much worse and i think it's more important to stop her and i you know just i would love your opinion because you know this is something that really tore at me um and i i I do feel calm in my conscience that i'm doing the right thing but i'd love to hear from you i don't care why you really well i mean well right but i trust your opinion i mean i i I know that you're over there and wow okay um you really, I'm, I'm surprised, Jonathan. I mean, you have just, <laughs> you have opinions about so many things, and here I'm telling you something so controversial. I'm done. Okay. America's dead. America's over. Your vote's not Wow. Okay. Well, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked, Jonathan. I thought that you would have an opinion. I thought that you would be, you know, <laughs> have something to say here. I think it's your voice is inspirational to so many people, your thoughts. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming to you with something that's tearing at me. And I guess I'm a little surprised that you don't have anything to say. No, I don't care. Okay. Is that all you called for? It was, yeah. Uh, okay, have a nice day. <laughs> you as well. There you there you go, America. That's conversation one. And in case you didn't get it, that was me being apathetic to everything that's going on. I don't care. Here's conversation number two. Hey, Mary, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jonathan. I uh, I just wanted to talk to you today. I um I made a decision that was really difficult for me. Um, okay. Yeah, it's you know the election is in 48 days, and yeah. um, I've been struggling about what to do in the ballot box. Um, you know, that's struggling with my conscience. So clear cut. It's not a. This is not a hard decision, Mary. How can you? You know, it, well, it really is a difficult decision because look at who we're up against. We're up against Hillary Clinton, who is, I fear, even worse than what we currently have. This woman is evil. I think you're that not it, me you're going to vote for Trump, are you? I I did decide I am going to. I feel like oh, Mary, he come is. Come on, don't go down that road. You're going to rot in hell. Jonathan, you know how can this. you come judge on. me like that? Jonathan, how dare you judge me like that? Who are you to judge I'm my not soul? I'm you, Mary, but come on, the guy is evil. You just I, told I me that I'm going that. to hell, Jonathan. You just I told me that I'm that. going to hell. I thought Jonathan. I knew you, Mary. I thought you were a lady of principle. I am. And you know what, Jonathan? I believe in my heart that I've made this decision based on my conscience. I believe that he is the lesser of two evils. I can't look at my daughter in the eyes and tell her that I let Hillary Clinton get elected when I know that there, there's no chance with her. There might be a chance with Donald Trump that maybe he might stumble across the truth, but I know what will happen if Hillary Clinton gets elected. How oh, Mary, can you blame don't me? Don't fool yourself. Come on, stop. Stop <sighs> the spin. Don't fool. You know he's a bad man. You, listen, look, he's, he's, he's a... 
he's a tyrant. You're going to rot in hell. And anyone who votes for Donald Trump is going to rot in hell. And you know, on you're what all basis? Trumpanzies. You know, that's what you are. That's, you know, come on. Uh, you know, how can America be a land of principles when people just sell out every time? Because you're, you're selling out, Mary. You're selling out. I am not selling out, Jonathan. I know the dangers that are posed with Donald Trump. I know what he could bring to this country, but I know for certain what Hillary Clinton will bring. And for that matter, who are you to tell me I'm going to hell? Like, what basis does, what, 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 on what basis are you allowed to judge? Does God say, hey, Jonathan Don, guess what? You get to judge this person's soul. On what basis? Because I'm me, I know what America was founded on. I, I, I am entitled to judge. I, I can judge everyone because I'm perfect and no one else is. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you should all follow like, my example. Do what I, I say. really feel like God would have a few things to say about you claiming that you're perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll tell him really? I'm perfect when I meet him as well. Well, you have fun with that. You know what, Jonathan? I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Cool. And that, America, is conversation number two. And that is what I see all day long. Name, I, I'm sorry... I, I should have picked someone else better to do this segment because I can't name call people. I just I really find it hard. But you know, this is why you come across. You sold out. You're Trump and Z. You're 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 selling out. You, all you can think of all the insults that you can have, or you can have option three, which is a conversation, which me and Mary are going to make it a lot shorter because it happens. And um, it started over text a couple of weeks ago. Then it went to a phone call. Then it went to more text. But we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation okay. which. I think it, it, this is actually what happened between Mary and Mary. So you text me one morning, Mary, and you, you wanted to talk, and we'll take it from there. What did you say? Well, Jonathan, I, I said that I had come to a decision. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, I think my first words were, don't hate me. It's a joke, <laughs> of course. I, I, I know you, Jonathan, and I know that you are not one to judge because you are you believe that you know everyone, first of all, has the right to make their own decisions, but you also know me, and you know that I am at least try to be a person of character, and I, I make my decisions based on my conscience and not on my emotions. And um, I told you that I had decided that I was going to pull the lever for Donald Trump, um, not because I felt that he is a conservative or has very much redeeming value at all. Um, but I shared with you an illustration um, that sort of tipped the scales for me, and it was one that Daniel Lapping gave, another Blaze contributor. Um, he likened it to being on the deck of, of, a, of a cruise ship, of the Titanic. And, and you know, the ship is going down. You've got two lifeboats in front of you. One of them is full of rust and holes. You know it's going to sink the minute it hits the water. The other is under a, a tarp. You can't see it. You don't know, you know, what all is there. You know it could potentially be just as rusty as the other one, but you're not sure. You So you, you take a chance on the one under the, the tarp. And that's really what I decided to do. And I did so with a lot of pain. Um because I, I want to do what is right, um, not only for the country and my daughter, but what's right in the eyes of God. I mean, I, I do want to make a decision that's based on my conscience. And I felt that I couldn't look at my daughter in the eye, couldn't look at you know myself in the mirror and know that I, I didn't try to stop something so evil, and that is Hillary Clinton. And your response, oh, I'll let no. people, I'll let you tell well, everyone. My first thing, my first question was, have you prayed on this? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. You, mm-hmm. And have you prayed? Yeah. Yes. And um, can you, have you got a, a sense of comfort in your decision? I do. I really okay. do. Uh, and 
you know, the, the other one, I, I would say this to you because we're doing the interview, but I know this because I have conversations with you on a semi-regular basis. But, you know, have you done a lot of thinking? Like, have you have you looked at all angles? Is there, you know, like, have you looked at, like, Gary Johnson? Have you, have you done your research on all of them? Mm-hmm. No, I have. Um, you know, and Gary Johnson, and this is, you know, a longer discussion for another day, Gary Johnson and any other third-party the option. Well, Gary Johnson, just to be specific, you know, I, I, I can't align with him any more than I can really, you know, philosophically align with, well, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. But I feel that, uh, you know, a vote for Gary or Gary Trump. Wow, I can't talk this morning. A vote for Gary Johnson uh, would be really, you know, nothing more than simply either staying home or, you know, um, writing in another candidate. It would be allowing Hillary Clinton to... You know, one less vote opposed, opposing her. You know, um, so I have thought about that. Um, okay, cool. I thought. Well, yeah. I suppose the, the biggest thing, and this is what we spent a lot of our time talking on, was because I, I really, I know people have said to me publicly and privately, oh, you hate Trump. I don't align with anything that guy says, but I'm not going to judge. Mm-hmm. I have some Blaze colleagues, married and one of them who's voting for Trump. I have some mm-hmm. personal friends who are, who have been on the Trump bandwagon from day one. I don't understand why we have to hate each other. This right. idea that we can't have um, a disagreement. But I, where I spent most of my time talking to Mary was I was like, now what are you going to do going forward? Because um, that's where my big concern was um, for you as someone who I know a long time was how are you going to act? Are you going to are you going to support Trump no matter what? Um, no. Are you going to all of a sudden turn into everything he does is great and he's the hero of the right. conservative movement? Or are you going to be realistic? And that's what I would say to you. What? How do you see your role? Like when your columns come out every week on the Blaze, and you go onto the Chris Salcedo show, and um, to talk right. about them every week. What? How are you going to? What do you? What's? What do you see your role is for the next two and a half months for, up to the election? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because my piece this last week addressed just that because we in the quote unquote never Hillary camp, those of us who haven't been on the I'm trained since day one because we don't align with him, but those of us who feel like we have to vote for him to stop Hillary, we have a bit of a precarious position that we're in because we are going to cast our vote for him, but that does not mean, it should not mean that we support every single thing that he does because, you know, we are still talking about principles here. So I wrote an article this last week where I talked about what it is, that the roles that we need to be playing, you know, and, and that is we need to be instructive correctors. And that means every time Trump comes out with something, for example, this last week, the, the, the maternity leave policy, he wants to have federally funded maternity leave. That is not a conservative policy. It is a liberal policy and it is detrimental economically. We know that. I know that. So you know what? I I'm going to say so. I'm not going to get on Twitter and Facebook and be like, oh, you know what? Great. My candidate said he wants to pay for my maternity leave. Fantastic. No, I'm going to say, listen, no, this is this is not a good idea. Here's why. Here's the detriment. Here's the track record of other countries that have done that. Put that out there on Twitter. OK. And the other thing is we need to I shouldn't say the other thing we to expand on that point. We shouldn't rationalize policies that we would otherwise recognize as wrong. You know, Jonathan, you sent me a great video a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it was John Stewart, if I'm not mistaken, and he was going through a certain political pundit's past views contrasted with current views, and it was rather shocking to see this person go and, um, you know, if President Obama did it, it was horrible. If Donald Trump says it, well, it's not so bad, and here's why. That is incredibly dangerous, because you know what? Let's assume that Donald 
Donald Trump does get elected and he, you know, he does get to start doing things like picking Supreme Court justices and and pushing policies and so on. How exactly can we conservatives have a leg to stand on if we've supported liberal policies during his campaign? And then we get to, when he gets elected, we can't then say, hey, no, no, that's not that's not conservative. That's not you know, that, that that's a detrimental idea. We can't do that unless we hold to our principles during the election. So it's a very fine line. Yes, I'm going to vote for him. Okay, but it does not mean that I cannot come out against things that he puts forth. I think that's critical. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I would hope mm -hmm. that Americans learn a lesson from George W. Bush. You know, how Mm -hmm. can in 2008 when people were talking in in the Obama McCain election, it was like the the Patriot Act, the NSA, Mm -hmm. the economy. You cannot support a president, George Bush, in this case, who brought in the Patriot Act, who, who went on, I think it was CMSNBC or CNBC or one of them, and said, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm abandoning free market principles to save the free market. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> 9, 12, 18 months later, going, well, we're the people for free markets and privacy. Right. It, it right. doesn't work that way. Right. And that's what I've, I would encourage you and your columns through the place and anyone else who listens in, in their dealings, be respectful. Um, have honest conversations. Um, if you're religious, talk about prayer. Have you prayed on it? Are you comfortable in your decision? And do the best thing you can. And uh, don't listen to anyone else who thinks they're the second version of me, who thinks they're perfect and can, you know, condemn you to hell. Do what you think is best, and to have honest conversations because we need to promote principle. And also, right. as I said in the first segment of today's show, we need to stop tearing people down. Right. You need to stop ripping people and insulting people if they see things the world or a position or an election a different way than us. That's what makes us unique. Mary, right. thank you for joining me today. Where can people find your work? Sure. They can find it in the contributor section of theblaze.com. I am also on with Chris Salcedo every Friday, top of the third hour. And have you got your own website or are you on Twitter? I do, yes. Machine? I am on the Twitter machine. It is at a future free, and that is also the name of my blog, www.afuturefree.com. Mary, thank you so much for joining me today, and we'll help you back on to talk about other issues. America, Thanks, it's been a jam-packed show today. I hope you've learned something. I hope I've given you some food for talk this weekend. I finish this show the way I finish every show by saluting who I think are the real heroes in society, your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. They are the people who day in, day out, 24-7-365, put it all on the line so each and every one of us can be free. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. Never forget that America is great because of each and every one of you. Not a political candidate, not a party, not an idea, but because of the actions of each and every one of you. Strive to be your better self, America. Until next Saturday, God bless, and God bless America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.